You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. How important is making sure that we, we have other people around us that are standing as well. And that gives us the strength and the help to be able to do so. And so praise the Lord. Thank you for that message. And then we have a special announcement. Brother Nathan and Miss Brenna are expecting a baby. And so uh, congratulations to this couple. And be in prayer for them and the baby. What a, what a blessing. We, are, we have got some great young families. I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for all of our families, but, uh, you know, when you, you look at churches so often, uh, churches are dying in America, and, and they're dying because we're not reaching that next generation. And having young families, uh, just uh, what, a, what a blessing. Seeing the kids and having them here in services, and just, just a phenomenal thing, and young families serving the Lord, and just staying, just staying faithful. And with the, with the young families, uh, it's, it's easier to stay faithful when the kids are small. Those of you that have teenagers, that's where the battles start. And that's where everything is challenged. And sometimes parents don't want to fight. So they, they don't just give in to their kids. They just give in and quit church. And I've seen it over and over and over again. And so just be faithful. Just keep on being faithful. Those of you that have, uh, that have teenagers, man, stay strong. Uh, don't, your kids have to have some place to come back. They may wander, but they've got to have some place to come back. If you change, uh, they, they, they are lost. And they need that foundation. The, uh, the prodigal son, his dad, he stayed on the porch. He didn't, he didn't chase the prodigal. He didn't, he didn't give in to the prodigal. He went his way, and when he came to himself, he came home. And he had a place to go. And so being, being faithful there, stay by the stuff. And those of you that have already re- are rearing your children, there are other young families that are watching you because they're trying to figure out how it's done. And so just, just stay true. So congratulations to this young couple. All right, get your Bibles. And we are going to continue our, our series here. Uh, we started a series for Sunday nights, and I entitled it Identity Crisis. Last week, we were looking at the church, the mission of the church. And a lot of churches have, have, have been lost in a mis- the mission. They've lost the mission. Not that it was intentional, but in an, in an effort to try to stay relevant to a world, they, they compromised and left mission to try to get people to come some other way. You know, the preaching of the Word of God is not to get people to come. The preaching of the Word of God is to edify, to equip, to strengthen, to encourage, 
to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. It is, it is what God uses to help build the believer so they can be a disciple maker. All of us are called to be disciple makers. We are called to be reaching people, winning the lost uh, to Christ and discipling them, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always. And the and churches are trying to get people to come, and they'll change the music, they'll change the message, they'll change whatever that they they can to try to get people to come in the doors. And the church is not for the world. The church is for the believer. It is for the believer. And you know what? As believers, we need to be hungry for this book right here. I addressed it uh, last week. Why is it that fellowships are the most highly attended events as opposed to Bible study? That ought not be the case. We, we need to recognize the importance of God's Word. We need to, we need to recognize the importance of the church in the, believe, the life of the believer. Our, the Lord didn't say that uh, once we got saved, we could just sort of float along, attend church whenever we felt like it. He said, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And let me tell you, you turn on the news, you listen to the news, uh, you look at the culture around us, and we can see the need for so much the more. It's not so much the less. It's so much the more. And so we looked at the church, the identity crisis of the church, the mission uh, the churches are floating. They, they, many of them have lost focus of the mission of reaching this world with the gospel. Tonight, we're going to be looking identity crisis part two, and we're going to look at mankind. Identity crisis. Who am I? And we think, well, that's an easy answer. But it's not. There is a crisis among Christians when it comes to identity. And we, we better recognize we are in a spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Think about that. You and I individually are fighting a spiritual battle against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Let me tell you, we can't fight that battle and win on our own. The Lord said, take unto yourself the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And parents, let me tell you, the wicked one is shooting the fiery darts not just at you, he's shooting at your children. He's after your kids. It used to be that if the devil could get daddy, he got the family. Now it's if he gets the kids, he's got the family. It went from that the respect and focus was on 
the elders. But that has completely shifted and everything is pandering to the child. And I'm using that word on purpose. We are not to be coming to our kids and asking them what they want in life. Did you notice how quiet that was? Do you know why it's quiet? Because we have been, there, we have been infiltrated, indoctrinated. You know what we're supposed to be doing? We are supposed to be as mighty men taking the arrows of our children and we are to be launching them in the direction that they are to go. Children are as arrows in the hand of a mighty man. You know what? When I go hunting and I grab my bow, and I grab my arrows, I never look at those arrows and think, where would you like to go today? You know what? I put them in that bow, and I purposefully put them where I want them to go. You know what is supposed to happen? God wants parents to be directing our kids. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It doesn't mean that we won't have some wayward children here and there. It doesn't, doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that they are not going to get away from that teaching. You know, what a wonderful thing when you see some of those kids who were brought up and taught and had the instruction and had the guidance, and they may get off track, and they may uh, go out in this world like that prodigal, uh, but what a wonderful thing it is when you see them walk back in those doors and see them serving the Lord. What a blessing. Praise the Lord. So here, when we think about this, there is, there is a crisis today in identity. So let's look again at the text, Genesis chapter, 20, or Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. This is free. This is not part of the, ma the message. Environmentalism is anti-Bible. Animal rights is not Bible. God gave man dominion. I'm not talking about bad stewardship. I'm not talking about just going out injuring animals. I'm just talking about uh, God gave animals for us to eat. Hello. And for us to have dominion over. The philosophies of the world, we got to be careful we don't get sucked into all that. When it comes to environmentalism, and this is all free, praise the Lord. Uh, you know, the Bible says that seed time and harvest shall not cease. You know what? Man could not stop the seasons that God had designed from the creation of the world if we tried. God's still in control. All right? Uh, the, all of the, the hype of, uh, of the environmentalism, all the hype of PETA uh, and the uh, protection of animals. I like somebody else. They put, I, I love this uh, acronym for PETA, 
people eating tasty animals. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, anyway, that was all free. But, uh, so we, but we can get that. That's Bible. All right. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. What are those next three words? Male and female. Let's say those three words again. Male and female. And that's it. No more. I could close the service right now. I'm not going to. But just reading that verse right there, there's enough for us to have the proper perspective. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, male and female. And God said unto them, male and female, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion, again, dominion, over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you, talking about male, female, Mankind, I have given you, uh, I just lost my spot here, uh, what verse? 29, and behold, God said, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So identity crisis. Identity crisis. And we have a world that's in crisis. We have a world that is confused. But child of God, we should not be. We should not be. And so let's have a word of prayer. Father, I pray that you'd bless now these next few moments. May you help me to be able to communicate uh, this truth. And Lord, help all of us uh, to be strengthened in our faith. I pray that we would have resolve and, and the ability to, uh, to understand and to grasp uh, the truths that are here. May we have the proper perspective, the biblical worldview, according to what is true. Your word is truth. No matter what the world says, God, you, your word is true. And so I pray that you'd help us for Christ's sake. Amen. So identity crisis. The word identity, I want you to get this uh, definition. The word identity is the quality of being the same in all uh, and all that constitutes objective reality. So, being same in all that constitutes objective reality. You know, the world does not want to accept reality.
the, the words, the related words, agreement, likeness, resemblance, semblance. And God, God used a word or a term, uh, or the world is using a term identity. In the culture of our day, uh, there is a crisis of identity. There, there is a supposed premise that you don't know who you are. There is a supposed premise that is being fed to our kids, force-fed to our kids that they don't know who they are. They should experiment. That's why God said, cease my son to hear instruction from them that causeth thee to err from the words of life. Proverbs 19.27 uh, We are not to give our kids to the world to be instructed. And let me tell you, instruction goes on beyond the classroom. Instruction goes on with the commercials. It goes on with the media, the games. It goes on, what, what's that uh, Japanese cartoon? What do they call that? Anime. I, I went on and I started looking at some of that anime. Parents, don't let your kids have anything to do with that. It's wicked. There is an agenda that is being pushed and promoted. It is not just coloring. It's not just coloring. We, we can't allow the world to impose this question and remove a foundation. We, we can't allow that to happen. So here, the world, the culture of our day, there's this crisis of identity the quality, the character, the expression of what is objective reality. You know, belief in or confusion of a false reality does not make it true. Let me say that again. Belief in or confusion of a false reality doesn't make it true. I'm not being hateful. I'm not being mean. I'm not being homophobic. I'm not being insensitive. I'm just telling you truth. And we can't allow the pressure of the world to cause us to embrace something that is untrue. We've got to stand. We got that that message in song, stand firm. We've got to stand firm. And we've got to be, we've got to hold on to truth. The choice of identity does not change reality. Let me say that again. The choice of identity does not change reality. Now, let's, let's go through a few things. If, if I decided that I wanted to identify 
as a sheriff's deputy. And I just decided I want to identify. Today, I want to identify as a deputy sheriff. And I go up to somebody's house. I kick their door in. I grab some handcuffs. I handcuff them. Maybe they're breaking the law. I could flash my badge. I've got one as a chaplain. But it does not say that I'm a deputy. It says I'm a chaplain. But with that, if I did that, I would get arrested for false impersonation of an officer. Why? Because it doesn't matter what I want to identify as. In reality, I am not that. Now, nobody has a problem with that. But I can choose to identify as a different gender? How does that work? It doesn't work. If I went down to write out and I decided, you know what? I want to identify as a doctor today. And I go down and I get a white jacket and I get a stethoscope and I get a lanyard and I put a little ID card on it. Dr. Brown. And I walk in and I go past security and they just sort of look at anybody that has a, a stethoscope. They're not checking ID. And I walk in and just wave at everybody. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I kept on going. Go over to the, the elevators. Go up to the uh, one of the floors. And then just start walking through past the nurse's station and start checking in, grabbing people's medical charts and walking into people's rooms and uh, start talking with the patients. It would not be very long, I hope. You never know about right out. Uh, but uh, I, I would hope it would not take them very long before they would have me arrested or ushered off campus because I was falsely impersonating a doctor. It doesn't matter what my choice of identity is. It's not reality. You and I should not be be not only coerced or pressured, we should not be a part of somebody else's delusion. Now, I'm not saying that there, there are not people that have medical illness. My cousin, I, I performed her funeral. She ended up getting into drugs. And she ended up having, was it seven? Seven different personalities. And she would start talking to you, and all of a sudden her voice would change and she was somebody else. And whether it was mental illness, I believe it was possession, demonic possession or oppression, but regardless, no matter who she said she was identifying as, it wasn't real. It was Trina Ann. That's who she was. No matter what she decided to call herself. 
no matter what personality she tried to, to bring in. She was one person. You know, God created us. He didn't make a mistake. You know, there is not one person in the Bible, 6,000 years of recorded history, not one person with gender dysphoria. Come on. Not one. Is, is there immorality? Is there evil? Absolutely. So, the sin of sodomy, homosexuality, all of those sins, adultery, fornication, there, there are sins that are, that are recorded in history all through since the fall of man. But no gender dysphoria. Why now? You know why? Because it is being promoted. Kids, listen to me. Teenagers, listen to me. The world does not have the answers for you. The world doesn't have the answers. God's pretty smart. He not only knows who you are, he knows your name. Not only does he know your name, he knows how many hairs are on your head. And he has to keep counting because mine are disappearing pretty quick. I'm catching up with Brother Andy and Brother Bill. Uh, and so uh, that hair is disappearing. Uh, but God knows, he counts. He knows every sparrow that falls. He knows everything about us. He knows every struggle that we have, every, uh, every, uh, every problem that we deal with. Uh, but, but we look at the Word of God and we find, according to Genesis chapter 1, that there are two genders. Just two. Not 72. How in the world can you come up with so many pronouns? And they're not pronouns. They have to quit doing the pronouns. They're just, just different identities. There's just two. Just two. Male and female. That's it. You and I are who God created us to be. That's important for us to grab a hold of. It's important. You know, there are things about how God made me that I don't like. He didn't give me those big, broad shoulders. I would like to be about three inches taller. I would like to have one of those booming, deep voices. That's not what God gave me. <laughs> I can argue with that all I want to, but it doesn't change reality. 
You know, my brother, he was the football player. I couldn't even go out for football. I was too small. I wish I could have played football. It just wasn't in the cards for me. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean, well, I wanted to play football and I couldn't, so maybe I'm something else. What? There's so much confusion. In reality, our God, God made us, we are who God created us to be, and that doesn't mean we have to understand it all, doesn't mean we have to like it all, but it's reality. It's the reality of our physical characteristics, it's a reality, reality of our biological makeup, it's a reality of our mental and social state of being. Let me tell you, men and women are different. They're different. 35 years that we've been married. And you ask me, do you understand women? Man, are you kidding? I've, I've learned to figure out what direction I think they're going to go. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, mean that I understand. We're different. God made us different. We think differently. You know, men, we have, we have boxes. Everything's in a box. We have a work box. And you come home and your wife asks you, what'd you do today? Went to work. Worked. Well, what'd you do at work? Same thing I did yesterday at work. You ask a lady what she did, and she's going to tell you, how, what the temperature was outside and what she was wearing and, uh, and who she ran into at the store. And, and it's going to take five minutes of them building a clock before you ever find out anything that they did. Different. God made us different. When, guys, we have a nothing box. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? Nothing box. You're sitting there and you're just sitting there. And your wife says, what are you thinking about? You look like you're in deep thought. Nope. <laughs> well, what are you thinking about? Nothing. And they don't understand. You know what they think? They think you're lying. They think that you are just not willing to tell them. You're hiding something from me. And the reality was we were just in a great place. <laughs> I was thinking about nothing. Ladies, your mind is like a ball of bare wires that are just wound up and everything contacts everything. And you can start over here and it connects to this wire here and jumps to the next wire here. And everything is connected. And my wife will start to tell, how does this relate to what you're trying to tell me? 
Everything's connected. And it never shuts off. It just doesn't shut off. I'm so glad God made me a man. <laughs> I like my nothing box. But we're different, male and female. No matter what you want to do, you're one of those two. It is, it is written in not only your physical body characteristics, it is written in your mental, mental capacity, how you think. It is written in your DNA. It doesn't matter what kind of surgeries are done. It doesn't matter what kind of hormone therapies are given. Puberty blockers. Do you know why the push for puberty blockers is so high? Because puberty removes that dysphoria. Hello? That seven or eight year old boy, he'd care less about those girls. So maybe he's not a boy. Puberty comes along and all of a sudden he can't get them girls out of his mind. That's why that agenda on that puberty blockers is being pushed so much. Yes. So our mental, our social state of being, all of which can be altered in many different ways and personal choices, but the reality is you are male or you are female. Embrace it. Because there is nothing that will make you happier than being the person that God made you to be. I mean, there isn't any alternative choice that's better than being the, the vessel that God created you. He has made you with a purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Your DNA, your genetics, your physical attributes, they're male or, the fa the, or female. We've got two baby uh, boys that are going to be born into our family uh, this year. And Tiffany and Jonathan are expecting a little boy. And Rachel and Stephen are expecting another little boy. You know what happened? They went into the doctor, and the doctor took some images. And they said, this image shows me that this is a boy. Pretty simple. You know, the devil, he wants to confuse. He wants to confuse. Confuse, confusion. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, it says, For God is not the author of 
confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Deviance has been around since the fall of man, uh, and deviance has continued. You can go back to Genesis chapter 5. Or 6 and verse 5, it says, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What was it? There was, uh, there was every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Let me tell you, that's still going on today. It's still going on today. And that evil thoughts, it's continual, and there is an agenda to come after uh, all that is righteous and holy. Proverbs 6, 16, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. It's not just the actions that the devil is after. It's not just the actions that God hates. It's the imaginations. It's the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We've got to guard our heart. We've got to guard our mind. We have have got to guard the minds of our kids. That's why we started. By, uh, that's why we started a Christian school. Let me tell you something. There are problems. Every pastor that I know that has a school, they say, "Don't do it." Not because of the impact, but because of the problems. There is a lot. There's just a lot of extra work that comes with it. But the purpose is a discipleship tool. It is the greatest tool of discipleship that we have for our kids. They're they're in church a couple hours a week if they are there Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. They're in school 35 plus hours a week. We've got to guard the influence And who is influencing our children? We have a society that not only embraces godless, immoral relationships, the LGBTQ+, it's not just pushing everyone to to accept this sinful behavior, it's pushing for everybody to embrace it. You know what? Everybody has a choice on what they're going to do. God gave us a free moral agency. But I have a free moral agency to not choose that godless behavior. I don't hate these people. They need the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But so does the alcoholic. So does the drug, the drug addict and the drunk. 
So does the religious person who has a knowledge of God but denies the power thereof. There are people that are religious and moral that are going to go to a devil's hell. Just like there will be the agnostic and the, the atheist. The Bible says in John 8, 32, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's why it's so important for us to stand for truth. That's why it's so important for us not to allow the pressure of the world to cause us uh, to, to change. And we can't fall in step with the illusions of this false identity. Gender dysphoria. A condition that was made up to create a made-up condition. It was a false premise that was put out just to confuse. And you know what? It's worked. It's worked. You know, everybody, every Every person that knows truth and that is confused and changes from that, take your Bibles. I know it's going to be up on the screen. Take your Bibles. Go to Galatians chapter 3. I'm almost done. Maybe. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I want you to follow along with me. Galatians chapter 3, verse 1. He said, O foolish Galatians, what's that next word? Who? O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? When those who know truth are confused by error, it is because of a who. It's always a who. Who have your kids been hanging around? Hello? It's a who. You, you look at, you look at uh, uh, the sin uh, of, um, I just, just lost it, uh, uh, John Adab, um, Nick. Uh, Amnon, there we go. Amnon had a friend. David's son Amnon raped his sister. His friend was his cousin, Jonadab. Just because it's family doesn't mean that you need to allow your kids to spend time with them. Hello? We got to be careful. Because who will impact the direction? Who we allow to influence will have an impact in our life. A lot of what I got involved in as a young kid 
fifth grade, I started down a path. My cousins were drug dealers. I thought they were so cool. We better guard who our friends, we allow to be friends with our kids. Who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? So here when we look at this, we look at, we look at the scripture and the Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that God made us in his image. You know what? The proper, the proper image that any of us should have, our identity should not be in our sexuality. Our identity should be in Christ. Our identity is to be in Christ. God made us in His image. God made you in His image, male and female. God made mankind in His image. And our identity is to be tied up in Him. He wants us to be the person He has made us to be. But we are to reflect His image to this world. No confusion. Male, female. Nobody in the middle. There's nobody in the middle. And people will talk about, oh, there's intersex children born. And they're, man, they're male and female. Has anybody ever seen one of them? Just like, just like the supposition of there being an alternative reality in identity, they keep bringing up all kinds of reports. Do you know who pushes the unit, that intersex agenda? I pulled it up today. Planned Parenthood. Do you trust Planned Parenthood? But they're one of the main proponents of that whole issue. It's, it's unbelievable how a whole society can grab onto a false reality and embrace it and then try to push it down everybody else's throats. We've got to stand for truth. We've got to stand for truth. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Uh, Lord, not only to know truth, but to stand for truth. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to be uh, families that would uh, just walk guard around our children, grandchildren, walk guard around truth and not allow error to, uh, to work its way into our homes or into our church and into our ministries. I pray that you'd guide us and direct us Protect us as we live in a world uh, that is so, uh, so sinful. 
Uh, help us, Lord, to stand for truth. And Lord, protect our kids, please. Oh God, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.